Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast with me, Daniel, and Brother hey. Thomas Therese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How are well, you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. How are you, Brother Thomas? You? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to ordination, which is coming up soon. Very, very soon, yeah. 10th of yeah. July, keep me in your prayers. Yeah, very exciting for you. Well, we thought we'd have this episode uh, talking about what that involves, um, ordination to the diaconate, what that means, and also a little bit about your retreat in the lead up to that. So you're just about to, to start that as we record this and you're going to be in silence, is it? Uh, we no, near, near I, no. Silence? <laughs> I mean, it will be, it will be a time of greater silence than I'm, than I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, a time of silence, a time of prayer, mm. um, a time of spiritual renewal, you know, um, I've just come from a very busy time in Oxford, lots of exams and essays and uh, apostolic work and things. And this is really a time to step back from all of that, right? So to retreat from the world, this is why we call it a retreat. You retreat from the world in order to re-enter into it. So I'm here to focus on my spiritual life, my prayer life, recharge those spiritual batteries, focus on my relationship with the Lord so then that way uh, I can be suitably and adequately, uh, adequately spiritually prepared for uh, ordination to the diaconate. But what I'm supposed you're going to, forward to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, also as a religious, I'm supposed to go on retreat every year mm. uh, anyway. But this has a, has a particular focus, a different This has a particular focus, yeah, which uh, towards, with a mind towards ordination um, at the, uh, to, uh, yeah, on the, on the 10th of July. So, yeah. so tell us then, so you're, you've been a religious brother for how many years? Oh gosh, uh, now you're asking me. It's, it's about six years. I entered in 2016, September of 2016, during the year of mercy, yeah. Okay, and then over that time then you've been, first of all, discerning whether you actually have the vocation to religious life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then that's confirmed by the community, confirmed by yeah. yourself. Well, it's not just that it's not just a vocation to religious life. So mm. before, you, yeah, you are deciding, do I have a, a vocation to religious life? But do I have a vocation to religious life as a Dominican specifically, as mm. opposed to something else like a Benedictine or something like that? Um, yeah, and this is then confirmed by the voice of Christ acting through his mystical body, the church through the brothers of the community mm. who accept you in order to pay your vows publicly uh, before uh, for the church as a whole. Before the church, yeah. Yeah, that's quite interesting actually because it's not just yourself discerning whether this yeah. is what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. You it's... can't discern this on your own because you don't, mm. yeah, yeah. And that's, that's actually a beautiful thing that it's the church discerning with you. Mm -hmm. it's, it's you discerning with Christ and the church as, as a whole. Mm -hmm. And then in particular, the, the particular religious calling that you have with the yeah. Dominicans. Yeah. That's quite beautiful. So that's confirmed then, and you, you would go forward for solemn vows, so vows yeah, for life. Yeah. So you have simple vows, which is for a few years, um, and then you can renew them for another year or two or whatnot. But eventually you either make vows until death, or you leave and you go back to the world. So those vows for death would be solemn vows, what we call solemn vows, mm -hmm. lifelong vows. Yeah. 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 Okay. And until death. Until death, yeah. And then, uh, so those took place two years ago. Didn't they, for uh, you? 2020, yeah. Yeah, two the years ago. The Feast of the Queenship of Mary. Yeah, I was there. I was there for you that. You were. <laughs> <laughs> so they took place two years ago. And then your discernment sort of shifts to 
whether you're being called by God to be ordained as a deacon. Is that right? Does it shift in that time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, before that, people are already discerning whether they think you have a call to the diaconate and to the priesthood um, mm -hmm. to ordained ministry. That's something that happens even at the earlier stages. Yeah. So when you go for your initial conversations uh, with a vocations director, uh, they'll say, you know, have you felt a calling to a priest or religious life? Or actually, usually what they say is, so tell me what led you to this this day? And usually the applicant themselves will say, I felt drawn towards um, priesthood and to religious life, and this is why. Um, yeah. And I think we had an earlier episode on on that, your calling from a, from a young age and how you've mm. seen that uh, develop throughout your life. Mm. Um, but, this, in, but in terms of this particular episode, focusing on that call to, to the to diaconate. diaconate yeah. then, and I, I'm, so I'm right in saying that the, there is a, a tra transitional deacon and a permanent deacon. Yes. So sometimes in parishes we find uh, those who serve as, as deacons it, mm -hmm. as a permanent vocation. But there are those who, who are ordained priests who go through, uh, what's, is it a transitional deacon? That they spend yeah. some time as that? Well, well, yes and no. So okay. once you're ordained to the diaconate, you're a deacon forever. Mm. Uh, so a bishop, when a bishop ordains uh, somebody to the, to, to the diaconate, uh, for example, last year when Brother Albert was ordained to the diaconate, I was the acolyte and Malcolm made a point of showing Albert that underneath his chasuble, he was wearing a very thin dalmatic. The dalmatic is like the cloth that the deacon wears um, over his vestments, over over his alb, over his stole. I mm. mean, and then the deacon will will usually wear like a, a yeah a dalmatic is what it's called. So what's the significance of so of that? It, the fact that he the fact that he's a bishop. He's he's making the point that you never stop having that vocation of diaconal service. Okay. So it's not that you're a deacon one day and then the next moment you're a priest but you're not a deacon anymore. Um, you are, every, every... Um, every breath you take, you're a deacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, every step that you take sort of, um, for example, like when you, when you become um, a priest, you don't stop being a deacon. When you become a bishop, you don't stop being a priest. You don't stop being a deacon. They're sort of, if you think about it, well, I'm reticent to say think about it like like a like a a ladder. But imagine, right? Imagine mm. it, if it being a bit like a ladder. It includes all the things underneath it. Um, so you don't stop being a deacon. You don't stop having that ministry of of service when you're ordained to the priesthood or or to the diaconate. Um, these things are included in those vocations too. I suppose it's a little bit like when we talk about. Everyone is called to holiness. Yeah. And just as you find your particular vocation to married life or to religious life or to priesthood, that that doesn't mean that you're not no longer called to holiness. You're still called to holiness, but in mm -hmm. in that way of life and yeah. the way of living it out. Also, if you if you think in terms of like a, a function, for example, all of the functions that a deacon can do and does can also be done by a priest and by a bishop. Mm. So that all those things that you can do, those those ministries of service, um, are a participation and and a helping of uh, the bishops and and, uh, and priests and things. And so yeah, there's a sort of sense in which you 
uh, are there to work together. Um, but, but yeah, is that is my understanding is that that's really how the diaconate came about. And certainly, in well, you see it in in the New Testament. You have seven men who are sent out as deacons to help in a particular way. The the apostles they they help to serve. I mean, mm -hmm. that's really what the diaconate would be. Is that right? Serving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's about. A, I mean, obviously, all ordained life is about service. Um, being, I suppose all Christian life is about service. Yeah, but how but is this a is service is in a particular way? Yeah, yeah. serving the community in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it, it's a service then that requires a special grace from God, which is why ordination is required. Um, so it's yeah, you're right though. It fundamentally. Mm it means service that's what the word deacon means it's it, a deacon is a servant um yeah and that means helping in the community with uh, works of charity it means helping and assisting at the altar in in the liturgy uh by especially things like um also proclaiming the word of god mm. uh, but there's there's from even in scripture you'll find uh the deacons have a liturgical role so Philip, I think in the Acts of the Apostles, um, is described as a deacon, and he baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch. Oh. So deacons even... So he's, a, he's a deacon? He's a deacon, yeah, he's a deacon. So, he, so in that particular passage, the Ethiopian uh, eunuch asks Philip to explain what the word is the, from Isaiah. Yes. And then Philip explains what that is, and then he baptizes Philip. Yes. Oh, that's, and he's actually a deacon. I didn't realise that. So he is indeed oh, that's very a deacon. Interesting. Yeah. So he breaks open the word, preaches this the word. This is in uh, Acts chapter eight, uh, verses twenty-six to forty. For so he proclaims the word and he baptises, which are two things which a deacon can do. Yes. Now, and that obviously yeah. has its roots in in the Bible. That's so yeah. interesting. So there's also what, the story of Saint Lawrence. You know, oh, okay. um, Saint Lawrence in. Um, in Rome, who were, when there was a big persecution on, and um, he was basically told by uh, the emperor, bring all the treasures of the church um, to me. And Deacon says, well, you know, I'm going to need days. And so he said, okay, you know, I'll give you the days. Yeah, the emperor's probably rubbing, rubbing his hands together. Oh, yeah, how much? Oh, how many treasures yeah. are going to turn up? St. Lawrence goes and he um, collects together the widows, the elderly, the sick, the poor, the deprived and takes those people to the emperor and says, these are the treasures of the church. The true treasures. Uh, oh, I can imagine beautiful. how frustrated uh, <laughs> So you might be able to do that as a, yeah, as a deacon. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, was, he was martyred, of course. Um, uh, yeah, he was, he was martyred, St. Lawrence. So what sort of things can a, a deacon do? So once you're ordained, what, what sort of things are you gonna be doing? Mm. So I will be able to baptize, I will be able to assist at a um, at a wedding service. Mm. Uh, I will be able to uh, conduct a funeral service. I'll be able to preach during mass. I'll be proclaiming the gospel. Um, I'll be assisting at the altar in a different way to how I was when I was an acolyte. I'll be going and doing some of the other things that you uh, extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist do, like for example, visiting the sick and taking the sick Holy Communion and things like that. I can also bless some things. Can't bless everything. I, I, I can't bless bells, for example. <laughs> <laughs> church bells, big church bells, I can't bless them. Um, but um, yeah, I, there are some blessings that I can give as a deacon. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And what, what sort of things then can, can you not do? So you can't celebrate mass, for example. I can't say mass. I can't hear confessions. I can't uh, celebrate the sacrament of the sick. Okay, so there are so those things are reserved to a priest. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. interesting. So you're going to be able to do quite a, a lot. Uh, a lot yeah. of things open up to to you to to minister to, to yeah. the church. And you also represent the church in a different way. So church documents call the diaconate the lowest rank in the hierarchy. So then I, bec I'll, I basically I'll become a cleric then. Uh, in terms of church law and things like that, I'll, I'll become a cleric. Um, and um, that means then that when I visit people, um, I'll be visiting people um, and bringing the church with me and in an official capacity. In the name more, of the church. Mm. In the name of the church, more than what I do now. Um, mm. And one of the signs of that is that I will be able to uh, uh, give people a blessing for example, that's something that I can do. Um, yeah. So are you going to be able to, in the, in the next year, are you going to be able to actually do some of these things, so baptise and... Well, I'll be doing them very soon, I think, actually. Uh, very, uh, maybe like four or five days after I'm ordained. I think four days after I'm ordained, I'm flying to Jamaica uh, because our, the English province looks after Jamaica and Grenada. We have um, two houses out there. Uh, I think it's... I think it's two houses. <laughs> we have one in Jamaica, yeah. and I think we have one in Grenada, but we might have two. I think it's one in each. Um, we they're, we they're run part to, of the English. They're part of the English province. province. Yeah, they're looked after by us. Yeah, because they're quite small islands with with small population and things. It's um, um, yeah, it's it's hard when you have. If you think about, for example, Britain has sixty million, however many millions of people, and then you think about how many of those are actually ordained. If you then think of somewhere that has a much smaller population, well, then you're, you're going to get a much smaller number of priests. There are um, multiple dioceses there. There are many priests there. Um, but we, as, as the English province, look after two parishes in Jamaica, mm -hmm. for example. Um, uh, Thomas Aquinas Parish. And the name of the other one escapes me, but I'm sure I'll remember when I get oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll, <laughs> you'll be learning a lot when you're there. Yeah. And while I'm there, I'll be baptizing and um, I will be preaching at Mass, uh, mm. things like that, yeah. Are you looking forward to that? I am looking forward to it, yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing, I suppose it's been a long time, a long time coming, really. Mm. Um, the first time I felt a calling to ministerial life was when I was about seven years old, and now I'm 31, so... So when, um, you, were, when you were seven, is that, is that the occasion where you were in the Mass itself and you felt like... Yeah, God was yeah. saying to you that you would be doing one this day. This one is day. what you, would, yeah, yeah. And one day you will do this be. in memory of me. Yeah, yeah. please God, God willing, one day. hopefully, yeah. yeah. So you you, you spend a, a year as a deacon, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, the rest I, of your I, life as a deacon. Yeah, of course. I'll be a deacon for the rest of my life. But yeah, yeah. Um, it will be a year then until I'm ordained to the priesthood. Hopefully, yeah. Please God, yeah. Gosh, so in Jamaica, then you're going to be preaching a lot. You're going to have the opportunity to preach a lot. I'm going to have the opportunity to preach. I'm going to have the opportunity to baptize. Um, I don't know uh, whether I'll have the opportunity to uh, assist at a marriage or, or anything like that. Or but, a funeral? Um, can you? you can uh, I could do a funeral service. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'll have the opportunity um, to do that. I'll, I'll find out when when I'm there. Really, I'll be there for. Six weeks, roughly, about six weeks. So, I'll, so I leave just after my ordination, uh, around the 14th of July, 
and I get back early September. Um, so yeah. our listeners will keep you in prayer, please. Please do. Yeah, I'm going to need it. I mean, it's, it's quite nerve-wracking sort of thinking about mm. sort of standing up there and preaching and you know, baptizing. Very important moments in people's lives, you know. And I suppose it's quite, it's quite nerve-wracking uh, traveling anyway. I mean, this is it's a long journey. Well, you know, Even really... the direct flight is, is a long yeah. journey. But and you, I, am I right in saying you haven't actually flown up to that many places? No, France. no, yeah. I, and I've never flown again? alone before. This will be the first time that I've flown alone. So yeah, uh, yeah. so, so far we get that's there. That's a big so. thing, and then the the difference in time. Yeah, you have to get used to. It. I I guess it's a few hours. Is it five or six hours time difference? Uh, yeah, something like that. A few hours. That's yeah, not so bad. Time. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, but still, uh, probably enough to to take a few days. Yeah. to get used to. Yeah, and then you you've got a different community there with, with other religious fellows. It's going to be a great uh-huh. experience. Though, I've lived with some of them that. before, you see. So oh, okay. Father Aidan Nichols is out there. I lived with him when I was in my novitiate. Mm-hmm. Father Peter Hunter, I lived with him in Oxford because he was in Oxford before. Um, they both now teach out there in the in the seminary on, on, on Jamaica. Um, and there's another brother called Father Clifton. Um, and I've never lived with Clifton, but I, I've met Clifton. Uh, I think a couple of times now. Yeah. And there, are there other brothers there as well? No, that's it at the moment. Okay. That's it for, for Jamaica. And We've got Grenada, other brothers in Grenada. Grenada's yeah. a, another island as well then? Is it yes. nearby? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. People think that the islands of the Caribbean are all really close, but they're not. No, I imagine they're not. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. They, they are, they are a, a substantial distance away from each probably, other. And they have very distinctive away. cultures. And, mm. um, yeah, we talk about the Caribbean, but it's a collection of islands that are spread out over a vast, uh, vast uh, space uh, with all, all their own unique and distinct cultures and, and things. It's a, it's a wonderful place, yeah. Well, hopefully you're, you're, in, you're enjoying it and get a lot from it. That will oh, I'm sure the will, rest of, uh, no doubt. I will learn so much. That's mm. the thing, I will learn a lot. Um, the, yeah. And it's six, six weeks, so I think it will go very, very quickly. Yeah. I think it will fly by. Once you, you get into at preaching and preparing homilies and meeting people and yeah yeah, yeah. I think uh, what a wonderful opportunity and so tell, tell us a little bit about what you're doing on this retreat then so in a in a couple of hours from when we're recording yeah we're, be, we're actually recording from the place where I'm where I'm on retreat yeah just before we begin just before you begin so I'll be heading off oh yeah you won't be on retreat yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be heading off but you're going to be entering into this retreat and it's a week long yeah what, what sort of things are you going to be praying about and well, I'll be praying what's going to help you prepare really for, for yeah. that day of ordination well <laughs> that's a good question um it will it'll be a period of of silence where i'll have the opportunity to pray more i won't have to say i obviously i'll be going to wapis i'll be going to daily mass like i usually do i'll be saying my rosary as i usually do but I'll also have more time for things like Lexio Divina. I have at least half an hour, half an hour, of meditation every day, anyway, built into built into my life as a Dominican. Mm. Uh, but I'll have more of an opportunity, uh, more time, and more space to uh, enter a, per- a period of quiet and prayer. Um, I will be doing my devotions and. Um, uh, praying before the Blessed Sacrament and having no, well, I've already begun a novena, so a novena is going to be, going to be part of mm. it. Um, also the Stations of the Cross. 
So lots um, of prayer, lots of devotion. But yeah, it, in a way, this sort of this thread going through all of them mm. that is is almost linked to preparing for diaconate in particular, because this this retreat would have a very different focus yeah. to your well, year. Well, I know retreat. that at the end of this retreat, right? I know at the mm. end of this retreat, I'm I'm due to be ordained as a diaconate. So that's my mind is going to be on that as much as as just ordinarily on deepening my my spiritual life and getting back to those those basics and 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 building upon them and immersing myself uh in the lord you know so yeah i mean scripturally where we find some roots for retreats like there are multiple times in scripture where it says that jesus went off from the crowd to be to pray alone with his uh, father yeah to speak alone to the father and that's really what the uh what are the archetype of what a retreat looks like is you know jesus went away to have some time alone to pray with the father and that's fundamentally what a retreat is you don't have to when you're on retreat have stations and lots of devotions and things they're just things that i find spiritually nourishing mm-hmm. um that uh, help deepen my my relationship with god and i find them useful meditations like stations mm-hmm. of the cross for example i've also got some spiritual reading as well um, I've not only got the scriptures, I also brought um, a book by Benedict XVI about Holy Week. So that way I can think about the, the Paschal mystery uh, while I'm here. Um, yeah, I mean... I suppose in, in scripture, when you think of when Christ made a, a decision, like when mm-hmm. he called the Twelve, he went away with his father to pray, particularly for that, for that particular decision. And I suppose in a way you're doing that, you're, you're going away, although Christ is choosing you, um, you also have that choice, but you're going away to spend time with God to, mm-hmm. to really focus on preparing yourself to receive mm-hmm. those graces. And to allow him to prepare me, you yeah, know, yeah. to ask him to prepare me so that I will be the best deacon and the best minister to the people that I can be. Mm. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where you've sort of thought and prayed long and hard about it for a long time. You know, and this now is a sort of stepping back so that way you have time where you don't have the other pressures and cares and worries on your mind that you would have um, in your ordinary day to day life uh, as a Dominican in the Priory and things. You take that time out away from those things so that you can just focus on your uh, prayer life and your spiritual life. Um, and being transformed by the Lord, growing into a deeper relationship with him, so that way you could be the best minister that, that you can be, yeah. I suppose ret- retreats are something good for all of us to be able to, to mm. do in our Christian life. Lots of lay people go on retreats, and it's something that, that I'd encourage. I mean, uh, we have to do it once a year. That's built can, into, our, into our life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a requirement that we have. We, we are supposed to do it once a year. Um, but lots of lay people choose to go on retreats um, at Benedictine abbeys and Carmelite houses. Um, uh, I know you know of a place in, in Bourbank run by, is it Augustinian canonesses? Is That's that right? right? Yeah, in the late district, yeah, they do. Yeah. They put on retreats. And you can have guided retreats mm. or uh, individual retreats or self guided retreats. Mm. But um, even just uh, our friend Amelia, yeah. I, I know that as a family they they have like a weekend where 
all of them pick a resource, the children pick a resource, um, maybe a book or something to, mm -hmm. to pray with or, or some audio CDs and they spend that weekend just focusing on some time with the Lord. So if you can do it in, in daily life, in the normal rhythm of life, but yeah. it's sort of stepping back, as you said, stepping, stepping back from the daily routine to, to draw back to mm. God and situate your, your yeah. life back again with, with, with that relationship with God being the foundation. I, I find personally there is something quite useful in going and being somewhere else, mm. removing yourself from the space that you inhabit every day. Because spaces have meaning, you know, spaces have semantic meaning. Yeah, the spaces have meaning and um, cares and duties and worries and things that are attached to them. So taking yourself out of that place and putting yourself in a different place can help clear your mind um, so that that way you can focus on the God stuff, as it were, you know. Um, mm. And lots of places where you can go on retreat are in the middle of the countryside, in the middle of nowhere, you know, and so people might go for walks and uh, through through nature. And I think Bernard of Clairvaux, uh, when he talks about preaching and things, he said, he talks about how much he's learnt from, say, the gentle breeze going through the trees and things and through nature. Um, Francis of Assisi would be. I think he says something like, "I learn, I've learned more about God through walking through nature than I have from books." I, I think he says something, something like that. That's very um, interesting. I'm probably making a complete hash of that now. Well, but I'm sure one of my brothers will tell me off uh, when I get back. Um, it sounds very interesting, anyway. <laughs> so, what can our listeners uh, pray for as you're on your retreat? What can what would well, you like pray to that ask? I'll make a, yeah, please pray for me that I'll make a good and holy deacon. You know. Pray that I'll be, uh, that I'll live my life as a good deacon and a good servant of God and his people. Um, and I will pray for you as listeners for this podcast while I'm here. Um, and uh, yeah, pray for me and I'll pray for you. Pray for me, for my fidelity to my vocation, that I'll make a good and holy deacon. Uh, and I will pray uh, for you too. So of course, why your going to be in Jamaica on your on your placement we're not going to be able to have uh, any episodes I think it would probably mm -hmm. be difficult to record some episodes while you're so well, far away. I won't away. be able to take my microphone and everything yeah. with me out there so yeah, yeah. And, and and who knows what the connection will be like between um, over the internet between uh, England and, and Jamaica who knows what the internet's going to be like we don't know so I, I think it's safe to say there aren't going to be any episodes over the summer period but we will be back in September and we have some really exciting plans. Um, not all of them that we can reveal, but some, some really exciting things coming um, with, the, with the podcast. Um, and we can say we're, we're hopeful of having a website by the autumn time and moving to other uh, mediums of, of getting the podcast out there. Can we ways. can we say what medium that will be? Yeah, well, we, we can say. Well, we're hoping to do more on Instagram, and that's something we are, that yeah. we we have Instagram at the moment. Um, but we we're hoping to do more on there. Yes. and we have some really exciting sort sort of ideas for that. Uh, and then also YouTube as well. We we hopefully we're moving to YouTube. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> so we, we we have all the equipment. Thank God to be able to to actually record uh, some episodes yeah. and put them up in video format. But we, we still need to learn some of the skills to be able to do that. So I suppose that's another... That's something to pray for, point. isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. please pray pray for that. 
Um, I mean, we're, we're incredibly in awe of what God has done with the podcast so far yeah. and the way it's, it's able Do to get help in touch, nourish people. You know, uh, get in touch with us. Tell us what you think of the podcast. If there's anything that you'd like um, an episode on or something or if the podcast has impacted you in any, any way, do get in touch. We've got some, some wonderful stories about the good things that God has been able to do in people's lives through the podcast, and it's very encouraging. So, yeah, it's encouraging, and it's very uh, humbling to see how, how it is. And this is very much really so. started as a pet project for, for us that we wanted to really spend more time together. And yeah. we, we love talking about these things, these sorts of topics together anyway. But for it to be used by God to reach other people is incredible. Mm. And I think that's really testament to how God works. He, he really throws the, the seed far and wide uh, and the seeds of faith grow up in different ways. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a very exciting time ahead, I think, for the podcast. And yeah, if you have any ideas for episodes, please come forward yeah. with them. We'd love to hear from you. I think you can, you can comment on the, our Podbean episodes. Um, that's probably the best way at the moment. Or maybe on Instagram, you can find us mm -hmm. on there. I think it's LFL Podcast on Instagram. But anyway, you, you'll be able to find that through which, whichever audio platform you're listening to at the moment. So is this the, is this the last episode before our summer break? Yeah, I think we, we have a reflection coming out on Tuesday okay. that, that you've recorded already. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, yeah, this is the last, the last uh, okay. main episode before, before the summer break. So please keep us in your prayers. Keep yep. Brother Thomas in your prayers. And well, when we're, when we're back with another episode, you'll be well deaconed by then. I'll be deaconed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be ordained, definitely be ordained by then. Yeah, do keep us in your prayers and we will uh, uh, see you in September. Yeah, God oh. bless. <laughs> All the best. God bless. God bless.